Hello everybody and welcome back to Life Off The Leash. Today is episode four and we start off with a little catch up of what I've been doing and what I've been up to. And then we talk all about solo traveling and the crazy feelings and stories that I encountered on the way when I embarked on my Southeast Asia trip in 2018. With COVID, we're all feeling a little bit down, so why not relive some of Alicia's traumatic traveling experiences to fill the time, right? Only kidding, guys. I learned so much on this trip, and I can't wait to share it with you. So sit back, grab a wine, a beer, or whatever you fancy, and let's dive into part one of my solo traveling adventure. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It has been a little while... I mean, it's only been seven days, but really, who's counting? Um, I did miss one week. <sighs> I'm only human, guys. Oh my good freaking lord. I mean, now I totally realize why influencers and YouTubers can quit their jobs and just live life every day doing what they love because it takes a lot of time to do these kind of things. Like Joe Rogan, his podcasts, millions of dollars. Okay? Probably not millions, but you know. My point is, it takes a lot of time to do these things. And um, now I know why no one else has other jobs. I've been watching this girl on YouTube lately. And it's about her 9 to 5 life while she lives in New York City. But I look at her views and I'm like, you have millions of views. And then, lo and behold, like two episodes later, she's like, yeah, I actually quit my job because I'm a full-time YouTuber now. I'm like, I just do podcasting for fun. It's just my hobby. So again, I am sorry that I did miss one week, but this episode is going to be a really good one today. We are chatting about traveling and solo traveling and the amazing experiences and not so amazing experiences that I encountered on my own while I embarked on a journey to find myself <laughs> like every 20 or something year old. Anyways, one sec, I'm just gonna grab some wine. Okay, so yes guys, I did miss one week last weekend. Jamie and I, we went to Sydney and I haven't had time to record. I usually record on the weekend and right now it is Friday night and you better believe we are sitting down. Jamie is in the lounge room right now. He is watching rugby. I'm in uh, my home studio, aka my bedroom. <laughs> I'm just sitting on my bed. And I set up this like, really good, this really good setup in my bed where I can have the microphone here. I can still have my glass of wine. We can still chat. Um, so yeah, it's just been a crazy, crazy week. We've been diving headfirst into some immigration documents. I am, like I said before, I am trying to currently stay in Australia. It is proving harder than we originally thought. We keep hitting roadblocks. It is crazy. So we are in the midst of all things hectic right now. The main thing that I noticed was that before and after work, I started working on things too much. Meaning that I'd come home from work and I would still be thinking about work and like what to do at work. And then I'd be like, oh crap, I have to record a podcast or I have to edit my podcast. And then I do that and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I still haven't done my some of my immigration stuff. And the morning would come and I woke up and I would wake up at, you know, really early because Jamie goes to work super early. And I just found that, yeah, I was just working way too much. And uh, this past week, I just wanted to take a step back and to chill. Basically, I've just realized this week that time is so precious and I have been really adapting uh, the idea that work does not define who you are as a person. And I'll probably do an episode about this. I do want to do a living the nine to five life episode. Um, but my job has been so crazy lately. Where I mean, I love it, but I mean, it's such long hours. 
And recently I've been working nine, at least nine hours a day, up to 10 hours a day. And I realized that I don't have to stay 10 hours at my job. Like I am choosing to do that. And when I choose to, I'm basically limiting the precious few hours that I have outside of my work. Um, so lately I've been remembering that work does not define who I am as a person. I can still be successful and accomplish things and feel that sort of, you know, sense of accomplishment outside of work. I don't need a job to do that for me. Um, so I have been trying to leave on freaking time lately. And today, mind you, today was Friday. We had a nice little champagne and beer happy hour at work. So I stayed for that. But... Anyways, that was a very long story short that I'm very happy that it's Friday and I have a glass of wine and I'm ready to get into this episode. So, sorry for all the ranting guys, but let's get into the lighter part of the episode with my segment, I'll Drink to That. And on I'll Drink to That, this is a segment that we all say one good thing that has happened to us this week. And I mean, we all, as in you guys listening, try to think about something good that has happened this past week, something good that's happened today, something you're grateful for, some good news you've heard. And today I'm switching it up and I'm going to talk about something amazing that has happened in the world amidst the struggling time. And on I'll Drink to That, we talk about what we're drinking. So tonight, you know, it's Friday night. And I'm drinking a lovely rosé from the southern region of Australia. I've been a really big rosé fan lately. This is a really, really nice one. It's going down really good. Um, so, like I said, I am switching it up today and saying an awesome story that came out of Africa this week that we can all celebrate amidst this pandemic that we are going through. So, as of this week, Africa has officially eradicated polio virus after decades and decades of work. Now, polio virus has been around for a very long time in Africa. And it affected up to an estimated like 75,000 children a year where they were paralyzed. Um, A lot of them ended up dying. And it was just very, very sad and especially in Africa with where healthcare systems aren't so established and um, vaccines are very scarce that a lot of people ended up getting polio virus and it it was a pretty bad pandemic in Africa and um, it's been around for for decades and in 96 each leader in pretty much every country really came together with a plan to rid the virus and this was all led by Nelson Mandela. And um, after decades of hard work in 2020, it's official to say that Africa has not had one case of polio for four years, with the last case reported and defeated in Nigeria in 2016. So I guess with a virus, um, it's declared like dormant or dead when um, it hasn't had one wild or new case for four years. So... Is 2020 and it's officially four years since that um, since polio has had its last case and that's amazing because it gives us some hope I mean hopefully coronavirus you know we're not it's not decades and decades but you know it's just some hope that we as humans can overcome illness and sickness um, as long as we all come together just like Africa's leaders and every single country came together with a plan and um yeah now now look at that that's awesome so that was some good news so i'm going to drink to that all right everyone now we are getting into the real good stuff and like i said earlier it is all about solo traveling So guys, I'm really excited to talk about this topic today because this was an amazing, amazing time and chapter in my life. And this time really did teach me a lot about myself. I learned so much about the world and yeah, most importantly, it was a lot of self kind of growth that I was going through. 
and people listening if if you guys have traveled or you know you guys kind of understand that it's just like a different view on things you really do take yourself out of your hometown and you really do or like you really do realize how big this world is how many cultures there are that people live day to day lives that are completely 100% different than yours in the western culture so uh, I will back it up a little bit so where I decided to go was southeast asia and I decided to go there because, well, it was honestly the cheapest place I could go for that amount of time. I wanted to go for at least two months and I ended up spending uh, just over two months uh, by myself um, traveling around Southeast Asia. Um, basically, I spent the most time in Thailand and that's where I started. Um, and then I went to Vietnam and Indonesia afterwards. Um, so today I'm going to be talking about how the heck I got to the point where I wanted to travel in developing countries on my own in the first place, um, and how the experiences were for me. Okay, so how I think the easiest way to do this is to kind of break it down by country and to say the biggest obstacles I had to overcome and the I guess the culture shock in each country and then I have one crazy story to go along that I experienced in each different country. So let's start with why the heck did I want to travel to Southeast Asia by myself? Well I had always planned for literally years to travel somewhere. I started when I was in high school. In my high school, I don't know how any everyone else's high school kind of went, but my high school had like this thing called MAP or like it was like a career, my action plan. It was like a career plan. And in year 12 or grade 12, sorry, oh my God, I'm saying all these Australian terms. In grade 12, you had to go basically on like a board. You had to present to a board of teachers uh, what your plan in the future and what you want to do and you had to like budget everything out. And I always said, okay, well, I want to do this and I want to be this. But before that, I want to travel. And I had pictures of Europe and like this stock photo of this woman drinking this really expensive wine. And and anyways, I had all these photos of this these European travel photos. And, um, you know, as I was mid-20s, I really realized that, yeah, that's probably not happening when I have not saved a lot in, in a lot of time. Um, I just knew that I was sitting in my Calgary basement one day thinking to myself, I really want to travel. And that, and if you guys haven't listened to my first episode, I basically chat about my whole life story. And if you want a timeline, the, the time when I was traveling was right around mid-year um, stint that I had in Calgary. I was really thinking that I really wanted to travel. And my whole life, like I said, I had wanted to go here and I wanted to go there and I had planned for years. But always what happened was like one friend that I had planned it all with, uh, she like backed out the last second or you know, I wanted to go, but my friends couldn't go. And then my friends wanted to go traveling, but I couldn't go traveling because I was in uni. And yeah, I was just sitting in Calgary and I just said to myself, I'm just gonna go alone. And it was like an epiphany came to me from the gods above. Duh, Alicia, you can just go traveling on your own. Why do you have to wait for someone to come with you? And I, it was like a light bulb went off. I was like, oh my gosh, it was like I was trying, why was I trying to find someone to come travel with me when this whole time I've wanted this for so long? Why can't I just do this by myself? So that was amazing for me. And, and the second that started, I, I went into a wormhole of solo traveling um, Facebook posts and solo traveling blogs and I educated myself for weeks so I knew what was going to happen and I think so many people often wait for someone to do things with in life like checking out a new restaurant or a new brewery in your town or like going to check out a new art gallery like no one is stopping you except yourself you don't need to go and have some friends to do things with Get in that car, drive your ass to that new restaurant that just opened up, order that delicious too many calories for your meal, 
a nice glass of wine and to just do your thing on your own you know especially when I was in Calgary that was a time and I was doing it I was doing everything on my own and I just had this kick of I was like yeah if I move to Calgary on my own I can just travel on my own across the entire world it was just you know obviously Alicia so basically like when I was in Calgary I would go eat alone I'd bring a good book with me I would walk to the supermarket alone I would get what I needed and I cooked dinner alone I would listen to music and I just figured solo traveling would be pretty much the same right (laughs) so that is what made me decide to solo travel Um, again, if you guys have listened to my first episode, it was right before, um, Jamie moved, or right before I met Jamie, actually, I decided to go traveling. So when we met, I wasn't going to be that girl that just drops everything. I was like, um, listen, Jamie, I'm going traveling. And he's like, well, I'm moving back to Australia. So joke's on you. (laughs) Anyways, we ended up moving in together. So that's fine. Um, so let's dive in to my Southeast Asia trip in 2018 that shaped me into a definitely stronger and more aware person. So it's October 3rd, 2018, and I board the plane with my big backpack towering over my shoulders and my big day pack in the front of me. I was at Kelowna International Airport with my mom, my dad, and my best friend crying and saying goodbye to me. And honestly, it was the weirdest feeling. I remember I was both just so excited for the uncertainty to come. I remember leaving the airport and being like, literally anything can happen. I don't know what is going to happen on this trip. I'm going by myself for like 45 days and anything can happen. Literally. It was just, it was the coolest feeling, but also the most terrifying feeling in the world. It was like, I was so excited because I just didn't know what was coming, but greatness. But also I was very sad because I was leaving such a comfortable life. I was leaving my mom. I was leaving my dad. I was leaving my loved ones, my friends. And I knew that I was moving to Australia after that. And that was the crazy thing, you know, my mom and everyone was all crying because they knew they wouldn't see me again. But I was kind of like, like low key still excited because I had to go like on this crazy solo adventuring trip. But, um, definitely on the plane, it really hit me. I remember I was on the plane. I had never done a crazy, like, I think it was like 14 hour flight by myself. And, um, yeah, it was around, I don't know. It was around that time. But I hadn't done a flight that long by myself before and oh it was just crazy because I was just sitting there and you know I had this whole road to myself thank god I remember I walked down the aisle and I was like and I was already late to board and I was like oh my god there's no one here um and I got to sprawl out and uh, I ended up landing in Tokyo first and that was three hours in the Tokyo airport and I've always wanted to go to Japan but it was way too expensive so I was really stoked that I just got in the Tokyo airport. I remember I was looking at the Pikachu and Pokemon stores in the airport and I was so excited but I was so tired I didn't even know what time it was. Um, I had to catch a connecting flight to Bangkok and um, I ended up stumbling on that flight getting all my things together and I remember I arrived in my first country that I was traveling in Thailand at around one o'clock in the morning. So we are gonna jump right into Thailand and the experiences that I had, the culture shock, and a crazy story that I actually still tell today because it's actually hilarious now but I was so terrified. Uh, Yeah so basically I landed in Thailand and I just want to say that before this trip before my solo traveling trip I had not been anywhere except Mexico on a family vacation that's it this girl did not know anything about foreign countries and it was a crazy slap in the face of this girl that came from little Kelowna British Columbia in Canada I felt so foreign and so white I was like Oh God, I just look like such an idiot. Remember I came off the flight 
got through customs and the first thing I really noticed was the thick air. It was like no air conditioning anywhere. The air was so humid because when I went traveling, it was during their like rain season. Another reason why I got it so cheap. <laughs> but um, it was during their rain season and I was just, I remember getting off the plane and I was like, holy, I felt like I got just hit with a wave of water. Anyways, I remember going uh, through the airport and I finally got out of customs and I walked out and I saw like the doors and all these crazy cars and there's people everywhere at 1am and I was like oh god I need money and I did a ton of research and you can actually use your debit card and it just costs a little bit but you can use your debit card and you take out like a big lump sum of cash every time so I just remember I, I like I said I did a lot of research before I went traveling and I ended up going to like this ATM thing and then <laughs> The currency in Southeast Asia is the most confusing currency to read. So in Thailand, it's called bot and that's spelled B-A-H-T. So like you can get like 20 bot, 50 bot, 100 bot. Say like really expensive things would cost like 500 bot, but 500 bot wouldn't be very much. It would maybe be like, I don't, I don't even know the comparison to be honest, $40 Canadian or something. So anyway, the currency was really hard because yeah, I could not compare it to Canada. I always had a currency app on my phone and I really recommend anyone who does want to travel once coronavirus settles the F down, um, definitely get a currency app on your phone because it will be your lifesaver. I remember I used it every single time. I was like, okay, 50, 500 baht. Oh, what is this in Canadian? Because it really does put it into perspective, especially when, when you're buying things at markets and then uh, it's like really cheap, like fabric and stuff or like knockoff brands. But sometimes like even knockoff brands were ended up being really expensive. And I was like, wait a second, I'm actually not going to buy this Gucci handbag because it's the same amount <laughs> as a real one. Um, so anyways, I remember I got my money from the airport and I was like, hey, I just have to figure out how to get to my hostel. And I pre-booked my hostel before I arrived because obviously I needed a place to stay. Um, but, you know, me not thinking that I was arriving at one o'clock in the morning. Um, uh, anyways, I got out of the airport and I was like, hey, I know they have something in Thailand. It's like an Uber and they're always at airports and they are always wanting to track you down. The thing is, in Thailand, they don't have many rules and regulations on things so people can really scam you and uh, get more money off of you and honestly I remember I was like trying to look for uber and I remembered that it was called grab g-r-a-b and that is the worst thing to read when you're jumping into a stranger's car in a foreign country with not a lot of strict laws um a, I had to go into a grab it is pretty professional. They're a bunch of really green cars. And um, anyway, I get in this grab in the back seat. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yes, take me to this place. And thankfully, he figured out my my what I was meaning and answered me in broken English. And I was like, oh, God, I don't know where we're going. But I remember when we exited the Bangkok airport, I was like, holy crap. I remember Bangkok from The Hangover. <laughs> That's all I know Bangkok from and it was exactly pretty much like that at nighttime. There was lights everywhere and cars everywhere and I couldn't see much because it was nighttime and you don't really get a good perspective of somewhere when you arrive in the night. So yeah, I basically didn't need, I didn't get to see Bangkok or like Thailand or what it was like until the morning. So finally he dropped me off. And after a very confusing entrance to my hostel, I finally found someone around two o'clock in the morning to let me into my room and I ended up sleeping like a baby that night. Um, and I woke up the next morning and I, like, I didn't have much jet lag actually, but I remember I woke up the next morning and I was like, I didn't really like see what my room looks like, like how many people are in my room. But I was in this pretty nice hostel and I had the, um, I had like a, a bunk bed, but it was like in a wall so you could shut, there's like a door you could shut yourself in. So you're like in a lone little cubby and it had lights in there and a TV. 
very luxurious for my first hostel in Southeast Asia. I should have just started with, built my way up, you know, to a really nice hostel. But uh, anyways, I ended up waking up the next morning and I remember I walked out the doors of this hostel because I just wanted to check out Bangkok. And oh my God, there was not a time where I wanted to run back to my room and crawl in my bed and just stay in there all day. (sighs) To be honest, I didn't know what to expect. I just remember I walked out the doors of this hostel and the humidity hit me again like a ton of bricks. There was thousands of people everywhere cars going by tuk-tuks going by tuk-tuks if people don't know what tuk-tuks are they are a three-wheeled little carriage thing that take people around and tuk-tuks everywhere in thailand and i saw these things go by and everything's looking different everything looked different the the sidewalk was all cracked there was um, there was wires that were bunched up and telephone wires everywhere hanging and not safe at all. And I remember looking across the street and there was markets and little Thai people hunched over with their market bags and scooters everywhere and so much noise and people walking by and looking at you. And I remember I just was culture shocked all at one time. I had never seen a place like that. I had never felt humidity like that. I never felt so crowded and loud. And I remember I just backed right back into my hostel. I took three deep breaths and said, no, Alicia, just, just try to figure it out. I've downloaded my Google Maps offline so I can use it right now. I needed to go find a SIM card for my phone because I wanted to have data and be able to like message people. And I just said, Alicia, take three deep breaths and let's go back out there. And I remember I just walked out and I said, okay, I can do this. Turns out three freaking steps outside my hostel, I get scammed. Now, this is just one of the stories for Thailand, but there definitely is a another one that takes the cake. But basically, I turned like literally three steps out of my hostel, turned left, was about to embark on Alicia's amazing adventurous day, and this Thai guy comes up to me. And little Alicia, little 25-year-old Alicia, she's just coming out of the hostel. She doesn't know what she's doing. You know, she just almost had a panic attack, but talked herself out of it. I get approached by this Thai guy and he's telling me about this temple. And I gotta get, I gotta see this temple because if I don't see this temple, it's the only time I can see it all year round. And it's today only. And I have to see it. And he was really adamant and really pushy. And I was like, no, thank you. No, thank you. I don't want to see this temple. Bye. Um, anyway, he kept gunning in my face and I was like, okay, so, um, I think you're going to push me if I don't listen to you. So I had to listen to him and pretend I was interested. Obviously, I know this was a freaking scam because I read about scams in Thailand and a lot of them are Thai people coming up to you saying to go to this one temple, um, because it's only open one year round. You have to go visit this temple because it's a big tourist thing. Anyway, they end up just taking you uh, for a like really expensive tuk-tuk drive you have to pay this much for and they bring you to a suit and dress fitting shop because they own these shops and they say oh no you you have to buy one of our things now we brought you here anyway it's a big scam and I knew that's what it was so I said "Mm, okay well thank you for this but no and he got so mad at me because I apparently wasted his time. Buddy, you were wasting my time, okay? I was going to try to find a cafe in the middle of freaking Bangkok, okay? It's my first day in Thailand. I don't need you all over my face. Anyway, he ended up um, getting really mad at me, throwing paper at me, and spitting at me. So that was lovely. Thankfully, it didn't land on me. But I was just like like really mad. I was like, that was my first experience in Thailand. Are you serious? So anyways, uh, thankfully that day, I remember I ended up crossing that street. I went to that market that I saw right across from the hostel. I got some really good sticky rice and some pineapple thing. 
And I remember I was just walking around with my headphones. I had my maps on. I had my journal in my, my backpack. And I ended up finding this cafe. And I remember I ordered this mango smoothie. And it was so yummy. And I was sitting at this window. And I just remember I turned my smoothie around. And on the cup it said, don't worry, you got this. And I was like, oh, that is so cool. The universe is giving me a sign through my delicious mango smoothie. But for real, I was really moved by it. I was like, I do got this. I can do this. This is my first freaking day. I've already got scammed, almost, didn't, didn't fall for it. I got spat at. I went to a market. I'm really living the Thai life, you know? Um, so anyways, um, after that day, I went back to my hostel. I was just gonna chill. We did have a rooftop bar. I was gonna maybe go for a drink, maybe try to meet some people. But no, um, this goes on to my next crazy story. And I like how this happened in my first two days in Thailand because the rest of my Thailand trip was amazing and uh, it was the best part of my trip. Spoiler, uh, but um, it really was the best part of my trip. And But it's so funny that this happened in the first two days. So anyways, I go back. I think that I... I I think that night, actually, I just went upstairs and met some other solo travelers, and then they left. Classic solo traveling story. You meet someone, you like them, and you're like, oh, yay, let's be friends. They're like, I'm actually leaving tomorrow to go back to Germany. You're like, oh, okay, never mind. Um, But I remember that, yeah, I went back to my room, and then there was this guy there, and he was like, hey, what's up? And I was like, hi and he was like from Germany you can just tell you the German accent and he's like uh what are you doing tonight and I said oh well um or today and tonight and I said oh I don't really have any plans you know in my head I'm like I don't know anyone here of course I just want to do something with someone and he's like yeah like I know like these really cool temples and we should just go to them um and then we can just walk around and come back here and I was like yeah, perfect. Sounds good. It's, you know, I was by myself all day yesterday. So it'd be nice to go check out some things with someone else today. And I remember we started walking and I packed like pretty much for a full day. So I packed my backpack, my water, made sure that I had my SIM card on me. So I did have data and maps and everything. But we ended up going to these really cool temples. And I was like, okay, this is nice. This is nice. And he even was like, oh, I'll take some photos for you, you know, in his German accent. And I'm like, um, and he's like, oh, yeah, I could take them off my phone. I said, no, can you take them on my phone, please? Why are you taking photos of me on your phone? I don't get that. But um, anyways, no, he ended up being um, a psycho. Um, and I'm not just saying that. So we ended up going to this, the water. We ended up reaching the water. Like, and Bangkok has a lot of rivers and, like, waterways, and they have things called, like, water taxis, and water taxis are the most confusing freaking thing there. It's just, like, a barge, like, a pontoon, pretty much, and you have to pay, there's, like, a ticket person to pay them, like, so many, like, it looks like shillings, I don't know, like, change in Thai money, and, um, so you had to pay them some change to get on this little pontoon that went across the, um, the river to the other side, and he's like, oh, I know there's, like, some really good markets on the, on the other side, and we should go, and I was like, oh, okay, I haven't really been on this water taxi before, and I was kind of getting a little bit anxious, like, I am now leaving the mainland, and going over there, which does look really cool, but I was in my head, I was like, um, what is going on? So anyways, ended up going on this water taxi, ended up crossing the river, and we ended up going on this other side. And uh, so we're walking through like these really busy markets, and I'm talking like there's market stalls everywhere, there's steam everywhere, you're sweating because it's humid. It's just the there's so, so much smog everywhere. And um, so we're walking through and we're looking at the different like clothing that they have and the food. And he just straight up says, so you've never asked me what I do for work. And I was like, 
uh, now because, like, quite frankly, I don't care. A, B, you're, you've been boring as all hell. See, I don't, I'm not thinking about work right now. So, like, I was like, oh, no, I haven't. What do you do for work? Clearly, you were digging for that one. And he's like, he's like, oh, no, I, I can't tell you. And I was like, well, you, you can because you just basically made me ask you. And he's like, oh, I can't tell you. But all I can tell you is that, like, I'm on a job right now. So, okay. I was anxious before I crossed the freaking river. And now my heart rate is through the roof and I want to throw up. Because who, what sane person says that shit? I'm on a job right now. Buddy, you're in Thailand. What kind of jobs can you be doing? So, I basically was like, oh, yeah, kind of like didn't really look like feed into it because he just wanted me to like keep asking questions and in the back of my mind I was just thinking of an escape plan <laughs> how am I gonna leave this crazy man so um anyways we're still walking and by the way this this guy is like my age so he was like maybe a little bit older he was like almost nearing 30 but he was young and um anyways we're walking he's like yeah like and he's like laughing like laughing enough I'm like okay maybe he's joking so weird and he's like no but really I'm serious I am actually working for the German government and he's stone cold sober staring at me and I'm like mm, okay that's nice what kind of job are you on and he's like, okay, well, like, I'm actually a spy, and like, I, I do some work. I do some spy work for the German government, and right now I'm on a job in Thailand right now, and, um, yeah, and right now, like, I hate to bring you along with work with me, but I just have to do some things right now. And I was like, okay, this is where I die. I'm seriously dying in freaking Thailand in smog, and humidity around no one that I know okay this is it I've accepted it this is it but for real I was so scared I was like okay and I was like laughing along with him in my head I'm like I'm with a psychopath I'm with a psychopath who is this what am I doing with my life Alicia why do you go with strangers and all of a sudden this whole thing hit me I don't know this man he was in my hostel my room I decided to, to follow him across Bangkok and ended up in this situation where he tells me he's some German spy. So at this point, I say, okay, well, you know what, buddy? I'm going to let you do your work. Okay, do your little job here. I'm going. So see you later. He stops me and says, you can't leave because they've associated you with me. So you can't leave because when you leave, they're going to get you and I'm your only hope. Uh, sorry guys I'm reliving this because I was so scared and so anyway he he ended up taking me he's like oh no he's like it's fine you just gotta act cool let's just go to a cafe so here I am scared as all hell following this German spy to this cafe and he takes me up these stairs he's like okay no come on you have to come with me right now and he takes me up these stairs and we go to the top like this roof top of this cafe and there's no one up there the chairs are like up on the table and I'm like Alicia what are you doing in my head I'm like why are you following this man and now that I look back on it I'm so dumb and I feel like so many girls can avoid the situation but I basically got to the top of this rooftop and he looked at me and he's like just kidding I'm just kidding I'm not a Russian or I'm not a German spy I just cannot believe that you believe me this whole time and I got you up to this rooftop just by me telling you a story and that I was so scared guys I was like I literally said you're a psycho I'm leaving um I literally was not laughing I was so scared I was almost crying and because this guy's also German, okay? He does not sound like he's joking when he's talking. He can just be, like, literally telling a joke and no one would think he's funny because Germans can't deliver jokes because they're so serious all the time. 
Okay, maybe they can. Okay, this but this guy was just like next level. So, anyways, this guy's like, no, 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 no. I'm just kidding. I'm seriously, I am just kidding. I really just want to go to this cafe and I want to see how long I could do that story with you. And hey, yeah, he was laughing, and I was like, okay, I'm still gonna ditch you. So, anyway, he was like, I just have to do this phone call, like for real. I do have to do a phone call for work. Apparently, he was like a world nomad and could just work on his own and when in any country he wanted. One of those people who just blogs in any country. Um, anyway, he had a phone call and he's like, yeah, no, no worries. Like one minute, I'm just going to be on the phone. So then smart Alicia snaps right back into it. And she's like, girl, get your ass out of here. Mm-hmm. Get your ass out of the situation. So anyway, this guy's on the phone and anyway, well, just, I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm just going to get a coffee walk down the stairs and I just run okay I am running in the middle of markets in god knows where in Bangkok Thailand and I'm running I'm running to where I remember the water taxis were now my phone was dying and I remember being like okay Alicia you really have to figure out your senses here and your basically just memory of where things were and how much things costed so I remember I was like, okay, so I'm, I'm facing this way and we came from the south, so I think that's south. And I remember I ran there and I actually found the water taxis amidst everything going on and I jumped on and I remember the best feeling ever was when the chain or the rope that was holding the um, water taxi to the, to the dock, it was when they took the rope off and we started like floating away, I had the best feeling in my body I was like oh my god I escaped that like really scary situation and I was just crossing this river again and it was now nighttime and the lights in Bangkok were all lit up and the the river was so pretty and I was like this is why I like doing things on my own I'm not going to be trusting anyone with pretty much my life I'm not going to be just walking off as strangers again to avoid that situation I think that was such a big learning lesson for me and I ended up getting off the water taxi on the other side and then I realized that I took the wrong water taxi which you can't really take a wrong one it gets you back to the, to the other side but it was at a different different location and then I remember I was like I don't even care I'm so happy I just want to get to my hostel I want to climb in my bed and I just want to be safe and in my own little cubby so I remember I ended up like walking down this alley and it was so dark and I got off this water taxi there's no tourists to be found and I'm just running because I was in a dark alley in Thailand on my second night and I remember I was in a dark alley and I just could hear cars and that's all I wanted to go to was cars because I knew that there's people around. The worst place you want to be is when you don't hear any cars or people and you're just walking in a, the back alleys in a random city in, in random country or in any country, even your home country. That does not feel very good. And I just remember I ran and I ran and I ran. And I remember I saw this tuk-tuk sitting on the side of the road. And I was like, thank God. I said, can you take me to this hostel? And I remember I paid way too much for that tuk-tuk ride. And I didn't even care. I gave him extra. I was like, just thank you so much for bringing me here. That was the scariest, most insane story that I still tell to this day. And the best part was, I'm not done. I got to my hostel, I got changed my cozy pajamas, and I just stayed in my cubby all night. And then I remembered, this guy that I just escaped is staying in my hostel room. Of course, that's how I met him. So he will be coming back and being like, where the hell did you go? So I, yeah, that night, I just remember, I th I remember him saying like, yeah, I'm going to be like out partying all night tonight. So, so thank God he didn't come back to like I don't know, four o'clock in the morning or something. And then uh, I had other people in the room as well. So I've like felt safe that it's, you know, just me and this random guy. 
but yeah that's my story of my first two days in Thailand after that um I definitely learned a lot more and I learned that you don't trust everyone you see or meet um but that it was funny because after that I went on a tour called Geo Tours Geo something um but it's basically kind of like a Kentucky tour where you meet up with a bunch of people your age and we ended up going to Chiang Mai, which is in northern Thailand. And we ended up doing a big jungle trek through the jungle. And ended up, Thailand ended up being the best country that I went to. Yeah, it was awesome. And after the big jungle trek tour where we basically went to a town with huts and had no electricity. We were in the middle of the mountains. And um, we basically saw how a town in the northern Thailand jungle lives off the grid and we hung out with them we stayed in a homestay and they cooked like amazing homemade thai food we had fires and we had some guy playing guitar we were all singing and then before uh, we went to sleep every night down the lanterns and torches and we walked down to this guy's little hut and they built and when i say hut it is actually like a hut that they build from bamboo and you can walk up these little rickety stairs and um they, they made us tea and they told us like Thai stories in very broken English but it was such an amazing eye-opening time for me and that really was like hey this is why I'm solo traveling it was just such a wholesome time and even though I was with a group of people and there was one Canadian on there and I was really happy that I met her <laughs> but even though I was with this group of people on this tour it seemed like it was so real and wholesome I'm so happy and I definitely would recommend doing those kind of tours not the party ones if you really like really do want to get to know the culture and everything I that's why I chose this jungle trek because it was, um, oh yeah, it was just life-changing. Anyway, from there, I ended up just flying down south by myself after that tour. I went down to the southern islands of Thailand. I did all the islands and um, met some really nice people. And yeah, after that, I spent a total of 30 days in Thailand. And it was amazing. And after that time I would say that the biggest culture shocks that I got from Thailand was how smelly and dirty it actually was I know that it's not it's a developing country but just the amount of garbage and stuff everywhere you I really got used to it as time went on but that was the biggest thing uh, another culture shock was their food and how much you have to be careful with you can't drink like still water you have to always drink bottled water the food it can be a little bit iffy as well it can make you really sick um and i think the biggest it's just really funny enough and oddly enough the biggest culture shock for me was that their shower and their toilets are in the same space in a bathroom so for example um in western countries your shower is um is sectioned off from your toilet you know so nothing gets wet you can close the door in thailand pretty much everywhere you went there were showers that were in right beside the toilet so the whole bathroom would get wet there was one hostel that i had that a shower was over top of the toilet you had to straddle kind of the toilet to shower and get your hair wet. Yeah, it was just, I think that was the craziest thing, craziest thing for me and the most thing that I took for granted as well as you can't flush toilet paper down the toilets and you have to wipe, do your thing and put it in a garbage bin beside you. And I remember when I eventually ended up coming to Australia, I was so happy to A, shower and not get the whole thing freaking bathroom wet and be to actually flush my toilet paper down the toilet and it's these little things that you take for granted that you don't realize that other people live with every single day so anyways um i think the biggest highlight of thailand was when i got to bathe elephants and 
give them a mud bath and feed them. And I went to an elephant sanctuary and elephant sanctuaries are different than elephant riding and the terrible abuse that that still happens, unfortunately, in Thailand. But the elephant sanctuary was amazing. And I think that was my, my favorite part other than the jungle trek. So yeah, that was Thailand, everyone, and I will be going into Vietnam and then Indonesia as well. So clearly, this is a two-part episode, guys, and I think what I'm going to be doing is stopping it at Thailand, and then I'll be giving you guys another look into my solo traveling um, trip in part two. I don't want to be rambling on for a few hours in one episode, but I thought that I just would let my listeners know how I went about solo traveling, at least my first experiences when I landed, and then you guys are going to be seeing some other cool little parts of my trip, um, including how different I found Vietnam with Thailand, as well as Indonesia and Bali. And the biggest kind of shock that I found um, going there and the biggest kind of stories that I took away from both of those countries as well. Awesome, guys. So thank you so much for listening to this first part of this episode. And I definitely will be back for part two of my solo traveling adventure. Thank you guys for listening again. I really hope you guys enjoy today's episode. I am going to try my absolute best to get part two out next week however this weekend we are going away again but it is a valid excuse because it's my birthday and not only my birthday but it's Jamie's as well and yes we have the same birthday we're born on the same day just different years Um, and it's actually really fun because we both celebrate together we both get cake and we both get a little gift, okay? It's like Christmas up in here. So we're really excited for this weekend. Um, So bear with me if I don't get it out next week, but it will be coming soon. Anyways, if you guys liked today's episode, please let your friends and family know um, so, you know, we can get more people on the pod. And if you guys want, you can follow along with me on Instagram at lifeofftheleash, and that is leash with two E's. Have a great week, everybody, and I'll see you guys in another episode.